Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer and an entrepreneur. My mission, what I stand for is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher. One who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and effectively so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. This mission reflects the core ways of being that I work to develop in teachers. Confidence, clarity, purpose, impact, and connection. Through my mentorship program and my premier offer called the Blueprint Learning Program, I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy, and along with that, help them learn important business skills and personal development ways of being that will transform them into purpose-driven teachers who make a big impact. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field and beyond, and a dose of personal development. For more information on my programs, please see my website, barebonesyoga.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 75. So I hope that you continue to do well, all things considered. I'm really going to be looking forward to a day Uh, And I know it's going to be a phased out approach when I can start podcast episodes without having to talk about the coronavirus. I just think that it is important that I acknowledge kind of where you're at right now. Um, Maybe I don't know where you're at physically or mentally, but just the reality that we're all kind of managing right now. And so I always like to start out my episodes by sending you well wishes and hoping that you are healthy and staying strong. Today, I've got another special episode. And so if you listen to last week's episode, you heard my interview with fellow yoga teacher, Vigiletta Pijay. And today I have another episode where I invited a fellow teacher to join us. And I love doing these episodes because it gives you a chance to hear from other teachers in a really kind of personal way. And, you know, one of the challenges with yoga teaching is that we're all kind of just ships in the night. And it's really um, just hard for teachers to have time to sit down together and talk about things. And we're all going through, you know, not only our own things, but similar things. And so it can be really nice uh, and helpful, quite frankly, to hear what other teachers are thinking about, what they're doing in their businesses, just different personal thoughts they're having, challenges they're facing, because in those stories, we can find connection. And maybe also through listening to these episodes, you may you know, find yourself relating to what some of the teachers are talking about and maybe through the conversation find some solutions for yourself. So I know when you meet Kristen, you're going to be really inspired because she talks on this episode about really this idea of honoring your own journey as a yoga teacher. So just kind of stay tuned and listening, listen in to all of what we cover, because that's really kind of the overarching theme, which is why I, I titled this episode, Carving Your Own Path as a Teacher. 
So this episode was inspired by the release of my free video training a few weeks ago, which is all about yoga cues and my template for how you can decode a cue, a cue you use, a cue you hear, so that you can understand the anatomy rationale behind it. And I invited Kristen on the show after she completed the training, and that gave us kind of a place to start the conversation. The training itself shares with you my system for how to understand the why behind the cue. And why is this important? Why might someone use a cue that they don't understand? Well, I know that that's happening out there. I know when I was a newer teacher, I did it because I was just kind of following along. I went to training. People said, you know, senior teacher said, this is the cue to use. And I just used it. And it was only several years later with my anatomy background in particular, that I started to question a lot of these things I was saying, and I really wanted to develop, wanted to develop a good understanding of why the cues were built the way they were. And so going through this training is gonna help you transform from a teacher who just repeats cues to a teacher who shares what they know in a way that's logical, highly accessible, understandable, and can also be discussed with students rather than leaving you just to say kind of that tired old expression, well, that's the way I was taught. I'm not quite sure of the why behind it. So for the free training, you can just DM me or check the show notes on my website for this episode and you'll see, um, you'll see the training is linked up there. And the website is barebonesyoga.com. And um, let me just also say that if you didn't listen to last week's episode or the one before, you might've missed that I just released the mention that I just released my full training path for teachers. And it starts with my blueprint learning program. And Kristen and I actually touch on this a couple of times in the episode because she is in the program. And I'm gonna be opening enrollment this month. This is the month of May, 2020 just to those teachers who have taken my free training. So you have to take the training and download the PDF that goes with it in order to be part of this launch. There is one other way though that you can be part of this launch. And by, by being part of it, what I mean is hear about the offer. And that is by getting on the wait list. So I always have a wait list for the Blueprint Learning Program because it's not something you can enroll in whenever you want. I only open enrollment um, a couple of times a year. Well, more than a couple times a year, but definitely it's not something you can enroll in whenever you want because I need to kind of control how many people are in the program because I want to give them good support. It's not just a static program where, and we talk about this in the episode as well, where you buy this course and you just go through it whenever you want. It's certainly not the kind of thing where you're forced to go through it at a certain pace. However, in order for you to get the most out of it, there are coaching calls that are part of the program. And Kristen and I talk about how those coaching calls really enhance the learning that the teachers get. And so in order for me to do those coaching calls and give the teachers in the program the support that I know I would want if I was in the program and the feedback I've gotten from teachers in it, they just rave about these coaching calls. So I open enrollment. At this point, it's probably once every month or once every other month. I enroll new teachers, we go through the coaching calls, they go through the program, and then they graduate from the Blueprint Learning Program. And they're listed on my website as a graduate. And then they have all that knowledge they can bring into their teaching. They have all of the tactical cueing uh, techniques they can share. And then from there, if you want to go into my mentorship program, you can. And that's a six-month program you can apply to. 
And um, once you're through that program, you are certified. You are a certified teacher by me in anatomy and teaching. And then there's also support for teachers that are certified. And, um, and that's an ongoing way to get mentoring. So you're not just kind of floating out there, kind of just dealing with things on your own. And I think that's really important for all of us as teachers is to have a mentor and to have a path that we're on rather than just kind of all this patchwork training that teachers often invest in. And then they're left just feeling kind of like I'm spending all this money and I'm spending all this time. How come I don't have a clearer sense of what my mission is, what my purpose is as a teacher? And um, that's a lot of what uh, Kristen talks about today. So before um, we start the interview itself, I want you to just do a little mind shift for me. I want you to think of why you went into teacher training in the first place. What made you sign up for teacher training? How did you think you were going to use the training that you got? Who did you want to help? What did you envision for yourself? Now, if you've completed a 200-hour training and you're now out there teaching, do you feel like you're teaching in a way that's authentic to you? Or do you feel like you're just caught up in what you're supposed to be doing, but it doesn't feel quite right? Well, this is what this episode is all about. Here, as I talk to Kristen Wilson, hear both her personal story and her journey of finding how she wants to help people and using yoga as just one piece of it. And you may be thinking, why does this even matter? Well, the reason it matters is because if you find your teaching in a way that isn't allowing you to express yourself authentically, it's really hard to be happy, feel fulfilled, and feel like you're helping others in a way only you can. This is in part why I love helping teachers understand anatomy more. It allows them to use their own words rather than what they were told to say and what's more authentic than that. When you're just going with the flow, it's easy to dread teaching. It's easy to feel bored or uninspired. When you're teaching in a way that allows you to express as only you can, it feels energizing and you can't wait to do it. So let's proceed with this interview with Kristen Wilson. All right. So uh, hi, everybody. I am here with Kristen Wilson, who is coming to us from Canada. And she's a yoga teacher that I've had the pleasure of connecting with a couple of years ago now. I want to say it's probably like two years ago um, when she enrolled in my Blueprint Learning Program. And we've had several conversations over the years. I think at one point, even you were on the podcast back when I first started it. So this is really kind of a um, not even really a follow-up. It's a new opportunity to touch base with her. And I know a lot of what we're going to get into has broad application to just teaching in general and teaching questions that come up and just a lot of different things that I know we're going to get into that you all don't yet because we haven't gotten into it. So I wanted to start out by thanking you for taking the time to be here with us today. So welcome, Kristen. Thank you very much. Yeah. Now, I do want to say one quick thing for listeners. Um, you might have to turn your volume up just a tad because some of the audio might be just a little bit low and that may help you um, hear, hear a little better. So, Kristen, let's start out by just sharing with people um, your teaching background and, and your focus of your teaching. Sure. Um, I haven't been teaching very long. I, I finished my teacher training, I think it was back in 2000. Oh gosh, I don't even know now. It must be 2017, but I wanted to say 2018. Um, but it's been, oh no, 18. 
Yes, so yeah. it's been almost two years. Okay. And um, when I finished my training, I knew I didn't want to teach group yoga classes. I wanted to stick mainly private and I wanted to work with people with um, eating disorders who are struggling with eating disorders or body image issues, things like that, because that is also my background and my history of something that I went through. And I know how, how much of a, a connection there is between mind and body, but the body isn't often included in treatment and recovery from eating disorders. It's sort of left aside. And yet, if you go out into the real world as someone with a history of eating disorders, the language that comes at you can be really sort of triggering and confusing because you're just coming at it from a different angle. And so I, um, I started off doing a few private yoga sessions with some people over the, over the first year. And I was sort of finding it a little, little challenging because I didn't want to just teach yoga asana because it's so body focused. Um, so as I progressed through, you know, meeting with people and talking to people, I thought a better approach would be coaching, but also including a mind-body component where we can look at ways to um, manage situations, challenging emotions by including the body in the process. And so um, I took a little break for for a few months there, trying to figure out sort of which course I wanted to go and, and how I wanted to proceed. Um, so that is where I'm at now, coaching combined with yoga, um, but in a very sort of different way. Okay, so what does the coaching look like? The coaching is pretty um, individualized and I'm not so much coaching recovery per se, um, but if there are people who are working through treatment or recovery um, or considering treatment or recovery, then I can, I certainly, I don't look at myself as a long-term coach. You're not with me for a long time. I believe people make changes on their own and they go through lots of series and processes. And so I offer short-term coaching two to four weeks you set a goal and you work through it, but in a very sort of different way where um, it's energy focused, emotion, emotion regulation, and also finding out how the body um, plays into that, like really getting in tune with the senses and what's going on inside your body. Okay. So how does, well, let me ask you this, because we were talking before we started recording this episode and I was just sharing that when you had shared with me that you've shifted your focus a bit from teaching primarily to this kind of blend of teaching and using yoga as part of a, a program for a specific niche group of clients. Um, one of the things that struck me was that uh, you, through some process, and that's really what I want you to share, you kind of stepped outside of kind of the 
typical path and I'm not I don't I'm not putting any judgment on typical you know just kind of the you know a lot of people go into teacher training and they come out and they teach group classes and they may love that or they may feel maybe similar to how you felt like there's a disconnect so how did you do whatever soul searching or career planning or research to come up with what you did well, I just, <laughs> it was sort of in my yoga teacher training. I, even as I was doing my training, I knew something, I wasn't quite there and looking to be at the same place that everybody else might have been looking at when we finished training. Yeah. And I knew it also had to do with my own personal history and the way that I looked at yoga and the body. And I think what caught me up is this idea that there's only one way to do yoga and so I was really stuck in that this is what I see this is what I have to be doing this is how it has to be done and I started um, I thought no this doesn't feel right because if it's for if it doesn't feel right for me then there's got to be another way to do it right so I was really sort of honoring that inner feeling within myself to say, no, just because it doesn't feel right doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. There can be a different way. Yeah, so right, started... right there. I just want to pause for one second because that's really interesting to me because so many times, and I know when I talk to other teachers, they have that pause where they feel like there's a disconnect, but there's all these kind of outside pressures, especially from social media. And they'll say to me, oh, I'm on YouTube and I'm looking at all these different teaching videos. And I'm, I'm just feeling this pressure to not so much conform, but I'm just getting all these outside influences to do it this way or to share it in this way. And you're not immune to those influences, but yet you were able to kind of listen to your own inner teacher more than that. So where does that come from? I mean, do you consider yourself kind of like an individual renegade type person? Like I'm kind of trying to catch on what the, what the quality is. Like I know in our conversations, I find you'd be a very thoughtful person. Like you're very thoughtful and planful and deliberate. I don't know if that. Yeah, I am very thoughtful and sometimes over thoughtful to the point of going down yeah. rabbit holes, but yeah. Um, and very deliberate, but um, it has to feel, it's just an inner feeling, like it has to feel authentic to me or my delivery of everything I do is garbage. Right, and were you were you ever, and I don't know if afraid's the right, right word, let's just tone it down a bit and say, were you ever concerned that if you went this particular path, it might have an impact on your earning capability, how many people you could reach, you know, just some of the practical things involved? Definitely, because yeah. everybody talks, well, there's a lot of talk about, you know, niching down and finding your perfect client and, you know, making money, like the, the business side of things gets a little overwhelming at times. And, and to feel like I'm, serving a niche that isn't you know isn't wanting what the general public wants like I don't want to sell weight loss and I don't want to sell diets and I don't want to sell nutritional supplements and all that um, so I was thinking I don't know if I can if I can do this and the only thing 
I've just never been one to say, well, I can't do it. It's like, there's yeah. gotta be a way that I can do it the way I need to. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So I, I really needed to step back from what I was doing and ask myself, how can I do this in a way that honors me? And I also thought if I took myself back 10 years ago with the eating disorder and things like that, would what I'm doing have helped me? And I said, yes, I would have loved to have someone around who could have talked to me, who understood the eating disorder mentality, but could walk me through other things too, to, go, yeah. to put me on a different or give me a different perspective on things. Yeah. And isn't that always where, when you talk about a niche population of people in any capacity, whatever it is, isn't that always so wonderful when it can come from your own personal experience? Because then you have that relatability with your clients. And you also have, it sounds like what you said was just this ability to move forward in this area without a lot of the fear that other people might have because you felt personally, it sounds like you felt personally committed to the cause, so to speak, because of what you had gone through. Yeah. And I wouldn't say the fear isn't there. It's there huge (laughs) every single day, but it's so, it's so meaningful for me. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me like, I'm having, and I don't want to say I'm having a hard time, but I'm trying to understand, like if I were your client and I can't put myself in the shoes of someone who has an eating disorder, although give me an idea of, of how I would experience your services and what part would yoga practice possibly have in, like I'd be having these coaching sessions with you where I'd be talking about my experiences and you'd be helping me clarify things. What about the, the physical aspect? What, how, does, how does yoga and your background in yoga help you help them? The simplest example I can give is, you know, when you get caught in your head and trapped in thoughts and can't find a way out, it's like everybody, well, not everybody, but I mean, you have a tendency to keep going over in your mind and then you begin ruminating. And what if just through the very act of creating space by raising your arms over your head, you can find some inner awareness just through that. So using yoga in ways to connect with yourself and take you out of and into certain moments. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It's funny when you were saying that, you know, and of course we're recording this during the pandemic, I was thinking about, I know for myself, back when this whole thing really ramped up in March, I was in my head a lot because I was watching the news a lot. And so I turned off the news and I upped my practice and I upped my meditation. And those were two coping mechanisms to get myself out of exactly what you're talking about, that ruminating over, I'm going to get sick, I'm going to get sick, I'm going to get sick, there's nothing I can do to prevent it. And whatever the fear is, you can just get in this cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it sounds like what you're saying is your client's experience of their own fears, you're using the physical practice as a way out of that endless cyclical as a way out or a way to help um 
get through it. And I think the difference where I come into play is that it's no different than someone saying to you, you know, go out and get some exercise. It'll help you clear your head and stuff. Yeah. But with people who have a history of over-exercise and exercise abuse and heading to your mat to do yoga is just taking you right back there. Wow. So it's like, how can you use these practices of using your body, even if you're reaching for a drink of water? Yeah, so, I never thought of it that way, but it's almost like feeding the side of things that is a kind of a, a problem, a mm -hmm. challenge. Yeah. So it sounds like then you're trying to shift. And this, this kind of, I think when you were saying earlier about yoga practice being potentially, I think you said triggering, mm -hmm. I didn't, at that moment, I was a little confused, but now I think I know what you're talking about. It's almost like putting someone with an eating disorder on their mat and using physical practice as a tool is going to just feed the cyclical obsessiveness around body image and being thin and all of that. So you're shifting the focus more. You said something earlier about the somatic aspect, the uh, feeling. Well, yeah. The, well, I don't know if, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's definitely a body connection yeah. to emotion and, and action and feeling and, and with, eating disorders, I have found that that is not a connection that is strong at all. And okay. so it's one that sort of really cries to be built up yeah. for recovery, but it doesn't happen very often because the only forms of exercise that are typical out in the world are, you know, yeah. hour long yoga classes or cardio classes or, yeah. you know, CrossFit, whatever, which right. are right. things that you know, maybe one day, but as you're going through recovery, that's sort of, you know, rocky ground to tread on. Right. So I'm wondering, you know, we met because my focus on anatomy is kind of my passion in terms of what I share with teachers. And that's how we started out. You know, you went through the program and, and that focus. How does that, how does that underlying anatomy knowledge that you have play into your work with clients? I mean, is there a separation? Is that part of it? Is it a pathway into their ability to, you know, through the cues? I don't know. I guess I'm just, I'm really curious how. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it certainly depends on each person that I yeah. am working with and depending on the situation, but, um, I've always been sort of fascinated with anatomy myself. And as I was learning all this, post-recovery, I'd already been recovered or I was recovered, but I was like, wow, this is like not the way I thought of the body at all. And so I'm learning all these things and I'm thinking like, if I can introduce just some basic knowledge about how the body works and why maybe you might do certain things without saying, you have to do it this way all the time, then there's some, um, there's some room there to explore. Yeah. So um, I'm also curious, well, so let, let's just get a little more granular. So given everything we talked about in terms of you don't, you certainly don't want your clients to be, you don't want to be suggesting, hey, do some yoga every day as a way to feed some of the obsessiveness that they might have around exercise. Although are, 
are they doing some yoga and what does that look like? Is it just like little bits of time, not as much? It really depends on the person. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and tell someone they should or shouldn't do something. So yeah. if making, if an active practice is beneficial for someone, then, then by all means, but how can we do it safely? Right. And without like, you know, set time limits on your practice and, you know, know what you're going to do before going in and things like that so that it doesn't, the, the practice doesn't stretch to hours and, oh, I didn't get this done or, you know, something like that. So, right. Right. But, and, but if there are people who don't find a, a regular practice um, helpful or it gets, you know, too much or confusing, then, then don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. And I know right now things are different because we can't teach in person. Um, if you were teaching in person to someone, would you alter how you cue them given, you know, how, like, I know you can't use general approaches because everything is highly customized, but are there, I mean, especially if someone's listening who is working maybe with eating disorder clients or trauma uh, clients, people affected by trauma in the wide gamut of how that can all be experienced. Is there something, is it more restorative focused? Is it less function, functionally, functional movement? Not necessarily restorative. Um, it's interesting because I also have dealt with major depression and anxiety, horrible anxiety. And so I started to delve into stories. A lot of times they didn't. I needed something like powerful to do to sort of get me back in my body and out of my mind. So I think it depends on what mood we arrive at when we're doing yoga, how we feel in our mind, how we feel in our body, um, things like that. So. <sighs> It's interesting because as I'm doing, as I'm watching you teach anatomy and over these past couple of years and even doing this most recent training of yours for understanding, understanding and evaluating cues, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Karen is teaching anatomy and she's using yoga as the vehicle through which she's teaching that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Means, yeah. And so I'm trying to figure out for myself, what am I trying to teach through yoga? Yeah. And what I'm trying to teach is, you know, the basics, well, what's in the sutras about what an asana is, steadiness and comfort, how can we fit that in daily lives? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting way. It's kind of like the yoga is, or the, the yoga is the vehicle through which the anatomy can be shared in this context. Mm -hmm. So you're saying with the people that you work with, the yoga can be the vehicle for them to, what is it, manage? Well, um, figure out like this idea of, a, of asana or being steady and comfortable in your so when you're not, how can you adjust and how can you take cues from your body and listen to your body and things like that? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too, because when you talk about it in that way, I start to think about the nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. and you can think of the nervous system in kind of a clinical way. Mm -hmm. And you can also think of it in kind of a psychosomatic way when you think about different parts of the brain and how they react to stress and the vagus nerve, you know, so you can kind of always look at things through a different lens. 
Um, and I can imagine for your clients, their nervous systems are on high alert all the time. Mm -hmm. And so there's the physical aspect of yoga to downregulate that. And then there's also all of the feeling aspect of it that you can speak to. So you can kind of, like you say, look at it in either direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so where, where do you find the people or how do they find you, the people that you work with? Um, I don't have a huge client base right now, just small, but um, through connections that I have at the hospital and um, a local nonprofit that provides support and services to people with eating disorders. Okay. So I just kind of put my name out there and I, I don't ever want to feel like what's really important to me is that I'm not approaching someone with the intent to sell and say, I can cure you of your cancer. I don't want anyone coming to me with that assumption, but I can work you through um setting goals and reaching goals on a short-term basis and show you sort of maybe a different process to approach it right right now tell me since you made this you know kind of pivot from maybe one idea of how you were going to be teaching to what you're doing now how does that i mean it sounds like it feels like it's exactly the right place for you mm-hmm. so where uh, what's like if you were to take this kind of a next step further, where do you see this going? Like, how do you, how do you want to, what, what's your, I don't even want to say your end goal, but like, are there different phases of how this looks for you? you want to grow a client place? You want to eventually have a physical location where people come, like what, what would it look like for you? I'm not sure I need a physical place to do it. Um, Part of the thing that I think with yoga is that if you find ways to practice in your own environment, which is your daily living environment, then that's probably a pretty good place to learn to practice so that you, you know, you have the same sort of feelings that are there. Sometimes it's just easier when you're out in somebody else's environment. It feels so peaceful and lovely. And then you go home and can't do it yourself. Like, why, why is this happening? And so it's a little discouraging. So I, I don't see um, necessarily a physical location. I do want to... I see it more online and virtual. Okay. Are you going to people's homes? Were you before this? Okay. So you were... Okay. Yep. So I, mean, the- I had I had people when I was just sort of focusing on the yoga. I had people come to my place. Okay. Um, and I mean it's it's still an option for people that are local, but for people who aren't, then then virtual and online is certainly, um, in my opinion and my view, sufficient. I think it's that human connection that says, "I hear you, I understand you," and there are ways we can work through this. Got it. Got it. So in terms of, you know, kind of growing the number of people or reaching different people, not even necessarily more, but more different, whatever, um, it'd be through virtual outreach to yes. people like that. Yes. Yeah. 
I could even see, I mean, and I know you're enrolled in my course, I could even see this content being a really good online program where, you know, you built something, a resource that people could access. That is another, you know, if, if that is something that you'd ever thought of, you know, maybe developing. I have. Um, it's overwhelming in the beginning to sort of think big like that because yeah. I feel like I'm like right at the very start line. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I want to continue to do things that will be a benefit to people. Yeah. Um, you know, courses and programs sometimes work for some people, but often it can sort of leave people feeling like they're on again. And it, say again, we're what? That they're on their own again. Oh yeah, exactly. And so I do think there's value in in having someone who knows is sort of tracking you and and can ask you questions and sort of spur that like reflection part of your mind. Right, um, right. You need that interaction. Yeah, I think the interaction is definitely definitely important. Yeah, I think about you know, regardless of what the personal challenges that someone's going through, you can go to any bookstore and go to the self-help section and buy all the books in the world. But, you know, whether you read them, finish them, get halfway through them, or even if you finish them, do you really have the support you need to make the change? If that were possible, no one would have any challenges in the world because between, right. you know, all the books that are written, we right. all be you know, living yeah. at the highest level possible. So yeah, so I think that you definitely hit on, you know, and that's at least for me, why I add those live coaching calls to the program, because yeah. I, if I just had the program, it's like, and that's initially what I did when you first enrolled, that was basically it. I had the program, mm -hmm. but I just was like, I don't think people are really, it, there's just another level of learning something that you need to have conversation. And it sounds like- for yes. you that's and your clients that's something as well yeah definitely the conversation helps with learning yeah um, yeah and i i love that in the blueprint you added in the module check-ins yeah so yeah that was that was another yeah it's hard for me to do courses independently and then say okay now what what, what am i supposed to know because i'll finish the section and say okay i know that right but if no one's asking me in my own words right I actually don't know whether I know it or not. And so when you started asking those questions in the module check-ins, I was like, yeah. huh, well, let me find my own <laughs> words for this then. It's, yeah. uh, that was really, really, really nice to see. Cool. That's great. And I can imagine for your clients too, it's like you probably know when you're talking to them, you know kind of what would be a good place for them to get to, but you can't like say it to them they have to kind of get there on their own definitely um, yeah. which which where you're saying in their own words or in my own words that's such a beautiful illustration of somebody making it their own is they're just saying it like oh i'm feeling you know this connection to my body or i'm feeling like i can make a shift when i'm ruminating on a particular thought about how i look i can start to use my breath or whatever technique that you've taught them. Um, have, do you have any, um, any maybe uh, uh, something you could share just generically about work that you've done with a client where you felt like they were making that connection and you were starting to see kind of the light go on for them, even on a small level? Well, 
on a on a small level, um, certainly working with someone who we're talking and she's telling me stories and she's getting further and further down the rabbit hole and I think this is not a good place to go but I can't tell her not to go there how can I sort of work her out to see something different and I and you know I have to say it works really well because there's a basis of trust um, so sometimes it's hard to build that base but when you have that base of trust then things open up so much easier so this one particular person very very trusting of me and i said hold on just a second can you do me a favor for just one second and she said okay and i said can you stand up and can you you know i did the raising the arms over the head again and then doing some twists standing twists um and there was another move i can't remember what it was then but then all of a sudden she went oh ah okay and then she sort of came back and then refocused and then we carried on yeah yeah so it was a bit of like a thought stoppage technique in a way yeah in a way but like something so simple that people can do it on their own it's not something they need to be directed to but also that practice of building awareness for themselves and like to even know that that's possible then it becomes something that you know jumps into the mind the next time something comes up that oh maybe I could try this or right. something like that right have you ever seen the um Dr. Amy Cuddy's YouTube video about power posing no I have not Oh yeah, you're definitely gonna watch. Want to watch that? She's up there with like one of the most watched YouTubes ever, along with Brene Brown and her talk on vulnerability, which is another masterful one. But um, Dr. Cuddy is here in Boston at Harvard, and she's a social psychologist, I think, is her actual title. And she did a YouTube video, which was really a TED talk of her. The video is of her talk, and it's all about. Um, power, what she calls power posing and how the shape of your body can change the way you feel. And she did some social, some, some um, social research, taking people and having them do different poses. And she measured different um, clinical things about them in terms of hormones uh -huh. um, and also through interviews. And also the scenarios she set up were very clear in terms of outcome. So if you did the poses, you would expect a certain outcome because you'd expect certain changes in how you felt about yourself to come true versus if you didn't do the pose and you went. So it reminds me of what you're saying. Um, and she actually uses poses as a, in a specific way, not exactly what you're doing, but definitely similar. So, and for the listeners, if you've never watched that, it's very inspiring. And she, like you, has a personal story that when it comes up in the video is pretty amazing. So yeah, and you've seen the Brené Brown vulnerability. Yes, one. yes, yeah. I love Brené yeah. Brown, she's lovely. Yeah, and she's got a podcast now, which I've just started to go into. And she was actually on Jimmy Fallon the other day, which kind of was a weird place for her. I Not exactly, but it just seemed kind of like, wow, Jimmy Fallon has Brené Brown on. But she did a <laughs> lovely, a lovely interview if you missed that. So, um, so, Let's just kind of pull this together here and just talk about a, a little bit about kind of 
where, you know, we talked a little bit about where you want your business. I don't even want to call it necessarily business, but kind of the different iterations of how you think, see things going. What about for you personally, like where, I mean, person, I don't mean personally, personally, but like where, you know, what, what additional things for you as a teacher growth wise, are you looking to take on going forward? Like, do you feel like you have particular knowledge gaps or do you feel you have like just different areas that you maybe want to explore more? The knowledge gaps will come and I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. I can't get enough of it. But right now I think I'm absolutely saturated with information. And so I need to expel and share and then sort of see where the holes, the holes are created and then go from there. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I really, really appreciate you coming on today. This was great. And I love, love that it is in a specific area in terms of how to use yoga as part of a whole approach. Um, And, you know, I just, again, just a big shout out to you for kind of listening to your inner teacher and your inner voice and just kind of staying on your own path. I think that's so inspiring. And to other people that are listening that maybe have that same pull, like, I don't want to just do what everybody else is doing um, to do it anyway, even like you say, you weren't really sure how it was all going to play out. And, you know, the other thing I think too, is when you do, there's still kind of, especially once you reach people online, there's the whole world out there. So even though you're in a specific area, there's so many people in that specific area when you're going beyond seeing people face to face and and so many people that can benefit from what you have to offer them. So I think for people listening that are like, oh, I don't wanna niche down because it's going to restrict or limit how many people I can reach. Well, maybe if you live in a small town and you have a physical place, possibly. Um, But even in a small town, if you were to just offer services online, that might broaden your reach. And then certainly you can just make the concentric circles out from that one location. And then it's like, wow. So, um, well, thank you again so much. It's great to see you. It's great to connect with you again. Thank you. May I say one more thing? Sure, absolutely. When I went through treatment and recovery for my own eating disorder, it was not easy. It was a struggle like I have never, ever experienced before. And probably before I started, had I known how hard it would be, I probably never would have done it. But I think people often get caught up in thinking, you know, I'm not doing this right or it's not good enough. And and so I wrote a small ebook. Oh, um, lovely. About my own experience well 10 questions really that i asked myself during my own treatment and recovery and you know sort of the answers i i found and my my psychologist wrote the the forward for me which was really lovely of her to do um but it's it's out there if anybody is find it well i have i have a website it's a blog actually and it's it's fairly new and really um really quite under construction but the book is is on there at my mypieceofyoga.com okay got it got it got it got it okay great well i'm gonna make a note of that and i'm gonna grab is it a link that i can grab to the um ebook or should i just because i'll include it on the um podcast episode or would i be better just having your website no i can uh 
is it all right if I just send you the email? Yeah, link? absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll include the link um, for the folks listening. I'll include the link in the show notes for this episode. And that will be the, the fastest way for you to get this. And you can always just email me or DM me on Instagram and I'll, I'll share the link as well that way. Okay. And what's your Instagram? Is Instagram something that you do? Okay, got it. I just wanted to no, make sure people no. had connect with you another way. Okay, great. Okay. Well, thank you. I, that's just fantastic. And I think, again, for listeners who are in the same process that you went through, I think it'll be, I'm sure, very helpful for them. So thanks for- Thank you very much for having me on to chat. Yes. It was it was great. Yes, of course. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations for yoga teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and I just want to remind you, if you would like to get on the wait list for my two premier programs, the Blueprint Learning Program and my Mentorship Program, all you need to do is visit my website, barebonesyoga.com, and the links to get on the wait list for both of these programs are right on the homepage. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.